And oh, by the way, you don't think you don't think Bill you don't think Bill would love to shove it right where Robert Kraft sits in that luxury box? I'm in your division can, now, yeah. MFR. Wow. Uh, welcome into another edition of Chase and the 33rd team. Trey Wingo here with Chase Daniel. Chase, we always say divisional weekend is the best weekend of the entire season. Yeah. It lived up to it. We'll get to all of it. But my God, another epic game in the postseason between Buffalo and Kansas City. And I almost hate to say this for Bills fans, wide right comes back. All those years later, Super Bowl 25, Scott Norwood, wide right. They don't win that game over the Giants, and then with a chance to maybe tie the game and send it to overtime, Bass goes wide right, and Kansas City goes to their sixth straight AFC championship game. Wow is correct, and you, you, you said it. Like Mahomes has been the quarterback there since 2018. He has never not played in an AFC championship game. Like you got to start it's talking insane. about this team as a dynasty. Like, like everyone – like. The fact of the matter is they sucked during the regular season in terms of what a Patrick Mahomes-led offense should be. They weren't very good. They Correct. averaged a touchdown less per game through the regular season. Then all of a sudden against Miami, they're rolling. We talked about it a lot. The like Just actually watching and breaking down the film, it's like the first time that all 11 guys on the field had clicked, and that was last week against Miami. This week against Buffalo, now they were depleted at the linebacker position. A.J. Klein even went out, came back into the game, uh, safety position as well, all the injuries. But for them to put up 27 points, and really should have been 34 because of the We'll get to it. We'll get to it. By we'll Miko. get to like, it. I can't. We'll get to it. Oh, God, I just want to get to it now, Trey, because I can't. I can't hold it in. It's just such a bad idea. But anyway, um, yeah, they are. You got to start talking dynasty, and anyone with the team that has Patrick Mahomes should never, ever, ever be counted out. Didn't we learn our lesson multiple times where they thought that, oh, they've lost three straight, or they've done this, or they suck in the regular season? Dude, Mahomes is the best quarterback on the planet. Never count a Mahomes led team out ever. And he showed up tonight in a big way. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack here, but let's 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 first start with Kansas City because this was almost the antithesis of everything we saw this season. I mean, they were gashed on the ground in this game. I think I think Buffalo ran for over 180 yards. They had 124 at the half, and you know the entire season it has been. Oh my God, the Chiefs' defense keeps bailing out the offense. The Chiefs' defense yeah. keeps bailing out the offense. Well, when they had to have it, what happened? The offense showed up. And once again, it was Patrick Mahomes led by Travis Kelsey. By the way, two more touchdown catches today in the postseason. Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes are now the most prolific touchdown pass and catch combination in the history of the NFL. You're witnessing they history. Have, yeah, you, I mean. They have 16. That's one more than Brady and Gronk through two different teams. That's four more than Montana to Rice, by the way. So this, this is the level that we're seeing uh, from this team. It was Patrick Mahomes' first road playoff game. Who frickin' cares? He did what he did. He does what he does. He actually, yeah. as, you, as you pointed out on NFL Network, and I tweeted today, he's now 39, or the team, let me, let me be clear. Wins and losses are not a quarterback. <laughs> Look at what you just did. Hold on. Look at what you just did. Myself. You just said Mahomes <laughs> is 39 and 11 on the road. I caught myself. You I caught sucker. myself. Clip I this. caught myself. Shut up. I hate you. Uh, 
The team is now 39 and 11 with Patrick Mahomes under center, and they're only 36 and 11 with him under center uh, at, at home. So he's actually the team is actually better on the road yeah, in the yeah. Patrick Mahomes era, which which is insane. But there are a couple of things that I think we, we really need to break down in this game before we start previewing the championship games. Number one, Pacheco did not play in that game at Arrowhead. My yeah. God, this guy is a difference maker. Like, you can argue, Chase, that the tackles for Kansas City are not good in Smith and yeah. Juwan. Uh, but that interior three, Creed Humphrey, Tooney, and Trey Smith, that might be the best interior three in football. And they just decided to run it right at Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, Pacheco leading the way. I mean, first of all, they had 24 carries, 146 yards. They averaged six yards a carry. Everyone talks about how Buffalo ran for 182 yards, and they did. They got away from it at the end of the game, which is we'll talk about in the later. But the fact of the matter is they, they, they committed to the run. Mahomes, 23 passing attempts. The team rushed for 24 attempts. That's about the most balanced attack you could possibly get. Andy Reid understands that a rushing yeah. game and a defense travel on the road. Now, Mahomes was brilliant, 17 of 23, 215 yards, averaged nine yards of completion, two touchdowns, 131.6 rating. But when you take that pressure off of them with a Pacheco, I mean, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire averaged 15 and a half yards per carry so big play threat 31 31 yards rushing and then obviously pat mahomes had that 24 yard run down the left sideline stepped out a little bit early but i mean amazing just game plan and this is what the Chiefs should have been all year long now i know pacheco has been banged up clyde edwards hilaire they've lost Jared mckinnon all these guys the only questionable thing trey is that in the run game they gave the ball twice to mecole hardman okay yeah both of them were fumbles. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't get that part of it. Just do what you do. Ride the big three. Rasheed Rice caught all four of his targets for almost 50 yards. MVS, I've been telling you, and we've been saying it on this, they have to have a third receiver step up. Like, like last week against Miami, Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey get the bulk of the targets. They get over 75% of the target share in that game. Now it's more, it's more mixed up. Travis Kelsey, six targets. MVS, four targets. Rasheed Rice, four targets. Even Noah Gray, three targets. And all these targets, they caught most of them. So you got to have somebody other than Travis Kelsey or Rasheed Rice, which looked a little banged up there. I think that's why I only got four targets. But those have yeah. been the big three, right? Travis Kelsey, Rasheed Rice, Isaiah Pacheco. If they can get a fourth, MVS, for six yards, like they had a, he had a long of 32. These big plays, huge like scramble play for that. I mean, it was just, it was a masterpiece on offense, the fact of how balanced they were, it really helped Mahomes out in the past game. Well, look, let's let's just go to the big picture here. Death taxes and Patrick Mahomes in the postseason, right? Those are the only certainties in life. He's showing up in the AFC Championship game. Um, I'm worried about the Rasheed Rice thing because he looked like he got banged up and he, he yes. wasn't right. And now, now, listen, they can't afford to lose him going up no. or have him be be uh, hampered or less than 100 percent anyway against a really good Ravens defense, which we'll get to in a minute. But, but I, I think what we're witness, witnessing in real time is some, it, this has never happened before in the history of the NFL. Okay, forget the Kelsey to Mahomes thing for a second. Tom Brady has never gone to six straight conference. Tom Brady never yeah. went to five in a row. I don't think he ever went to no. four in a row. Like yeah. the, the, the kind of things we're seeing out of Kansas City are so far beyond the realm of the normal that we sort of accept it and we don't understand how, how brilliant it is. And, I, and I'm not... Look, they have, they've only won two Super Bowls. I get that. I understand. They've been to three. I understand all of that. But to have the opportunity to go to those games, 
you have to get to the title game. There has never been a team in the history of football in the Super Bowl era. You can go back to the Cleveland Browns or the All-American Football Conference in the 50s. I, I understand that. But in the Super Bowl era and in the era of free agency, this has never happened before. What we're, The consistency we're seeing from the Andy Reid-Patrick Mahomes partnership is off the charts. It's off the charts. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> look, I mean, the question is, and we talked about, are they, are they a dynasty? Like, are they already to a me dynasty? They are. The fact that to they, me they are. You have to say they are. If you look at, I mean, especially, look, it would cement them for sure if they went to another Super Bowl and won another Super Bowl. But I think just pure facts on what you just said right now, Trey, I think they are. Like, I really do yeah. think they are. And, and honestly, this to me was the most impressive year of a Mahomes-led team. Look, yeah. they were 11-6 and six in the regular season. I would venture to say, and I went back and checked the roster and the talent level, this is probably, on offense, the least talented roster without that question. Mahomes has had. Without, okay? without question. Without really question. without a true number one receiver going into the year. Now, Rasheed Rice, yes, he went into the year unknown. He has stepped up as the true number one outside of Travis Kelsey. And I would argue, not argue, I would definitely say that this is the best defense that Patrick Mahomes has had by in far. his career there by far. And he just finds ways to do it, like leaning on their defense early in the year while they're having growing pains. I mean, Trey, it literally, it literally took them 17 games to figure out who they are on offense. Yeah. But now that they're in the tournament, right? That's what we say. And coaches say to us when we're in the room of, of offensive meeting rooms or, or head coaches talking to the team in team meeting rooms, like, just get into the tournament. It don't matter what yeah. you did in the regular season. Once you're in the tournament and then you win a few games and you get a little bit of momentum, that's when you can be really dangerous. And this Chiefs team right now, I mean, they're, they're, they're showing signs of like, okay, this is what we expected the offense to be, especially with some lower-named guys really stepping up. Look, th this is – you always want to be playing your best football this time of year. This is the best football that the Chiefs have played the entire season. In their first playoff win, they held the Miami Dolphins to a season low in, in seven points. Then they go to Buffalo, and, you know, Buffalo's playing as well as anybody right now. Yeah. They hold them to 24. The Chiefs' defense has still not given up 30 points this season. I mean, that's an insane thing. It took an incredible oh, throw funny. from Josh Allen uh, on that third and 15 for LeJarrius Sneed to give up his first give up his first touchdown of the season. So whatever, whatever we've seen from Kansas City before, they're playing better now than they played all season. So that's the Kansas City yep. side of it. Yep. We now have to address Buffalo. Because I think this loss is going to, may have massive repercussions for this franchise. You know, we, we put it on the podcast, or I said it. I don't want to put it on you. I said this, this franchise peaked with 13 seconds to play in the divisional round two years ago two when years they lost ago. that game and they went ahead and won it, and the Chiefs went on to win it in overtime. Yep. This is just another indication of them not getting where they needed to be. For as good as Josh Allen, and, and he is, if he's not two, I mean, I always – any quarterback list with me starts with Patrick Mahomes. I have all the receipts. You can not like it if you want, but you're not looking at facts, okay? That's an opinion. Yeah. I'm going on facts, okay? He's always won. Now, you could say Josh Allen is two, Lamar is two, whoever you want. But if, if Josh Allen isn't two, he's 2A, okay? So you have arguably the second-best quarterback. You have playmakers. You have, a, uh, you have a defense that really came together for most of the season, and you still, throughout this incredible run, have one AFC Championship game appearance to show for it. Yeah. Not yeah. a win, an appearance that they ended up losing by 10 a couple of years ago in Kansas City. 
So with this thing falling short again, are we looking at a major rebuild in Buffalo in terms of coaching? Yeah, no, I, I don't think so. And, and, and um, I think that would be a, a really harsh uh, and emotionally filled uh, move if it were. And, and I'm guessing you're talking about moving on from McDermott. My, my biggest yes, thing, yeah. Trey, um, is if you look at Buffalo coming into the year, I, I, I liken their season to three separate seasons. If you, if you look at them coming into the year, there were really high expectations. Like, like you would say, everyone in the season, preseason would say, Chiefs, Ravens, Bills would be the last three remaining. And in some type of order, they would be playing against each other or they should be playing against each other in the AFC Championship game. Well, you're getting, you know, Chiefs, Ravens. So Bills were the last part of the three. But then when you start six and six, and you're yeah. like, oh my gosh, the sky is falling. Like literally everyone's fired. We fired Ken Dorsey. We replaced him with Joe Brady. We're firing everyone. Which by the way, it. which by the way, I, I got to say, saved their season. Like Joe Brady saved their season. That We talked about it and, and yeah. you were right on the money. I mean, that's, that decision, and it felt like a scapegoat thing at the time. It it saved their season. It literally it did. did. They were they were they went off and ran uh, one six straight after that, including um, the wild card uh, last week um, against Pittsburgh. And then you look at it now as like, okay, listen, all we did was we tweaked the offensive coordinator position. Really, we yeah. we fired the offensive coordinator, Joe Brady. Which if he doesn't get a head job, which I don't think he will, he he will be back full time offensive coordinator for what he did or he will get a job somewhere if he doesn't based on how he did and then you're only a few pieces away and I think the biggest thing on defense which was super impressive to me they were like ran through defensively with injuries like it was yeah. insane the amount of injuries preseason postseason uh, everything in between regular season and so for them to play like they did down the stretch like that's a really good building point for them next year but but the biggest thing is they haven't won in the playoffs. That's the biggest thing that they've struggled with. And that quite honestly has always been Buffalo's issue. And so I don't know if it's a Sean McDermott thing. And I think you're about as close as you can possibly get to being close. And they've been this way for three or four years. Like some, some would say, and I was never on this train, but there was a lot of talk within the media like, oh my gosh, Buffalo's window has closed when they were six and six. It is so far gone, fire. And I would say, no, it's still open. Like, you got to figure out what to do, like with Stefan Diggs, in my opinion. And this isn't talked about enough, but there's something going we on about in it, that organization. Yeah, it, has, it, has, it, has, it hasn't been right with them all it, season. Since week six, dude, he's averaged half. The amount of targets, half the amount of yards, and only has had two touchdowns. He's the he's one of the best receivers in the game. You're not throwing the ball. Okay, that's got to get figured out. I get that, but I do think they're close. The biggest thing is close isn't good enough, right? That's what you're going to say. That's what everyone else is going to say. You have to find a way to get over the hump. What is that, dude? I have no idea. Well, it, it, here's the only reason. And I, I, listen, I'm, I don't ever want. Well, I think Mike McCarthy should have been fired. And from Dallas because hey okay, great 12 wins is not what you're doing it's been 28 years it'll be 29 now since you appeared in a, in a conference title game where you got out of the division so if that's the standard for you 12 wins in the regular season Jerry go for it but you say it's Super Bowl or bust so you should have you should have changed coaches because it's not working here's the problem 
Sean McDermott was bailed out for a horrible decision in this game by Miko Hartman, the play you want to talk about. Okay, There hadn't been a turnover in this game. Oh, my God. It's inside their own 40. It's not fourth and two. It's fourth and five. It's fourth and five, and they go for it. And obviously the Chiefs saw something in that lineup because you saw them when they came out for that formation. They were prepared. They were ready for that fake. So they saw something in film that they knew from that formation something's not right. He didn't come close. Hamlin didn't come close no. to getting that pickup. All right? To me, to me, that's a fireable offense. Because the only reason this wasn't a 10-point game at the end is the Miko Hartman trying to stretch the play. Because Pacheco oh. gashes them to put him right down there. You know? and, and if they go in there, suddenly it's 10 points. And now the Bills are panicking. And they're, they're trying to rush. And then that opportunistic Chiefs defense comes into it. So when we get to the idea of whether or not they should move on from Sean McDermott, it's hard to get around that decision. For me, it's hard to say what made like, what made you think that was the right decision yeah, to give this bad. guy potentially a short field, especially when there was there was nothing that surprised Kansas City in that look on that Buffalo punt. Yeah, and the fact is, I, th- I think Casey only had ten people on the field, too, ten guys on the field yeah. during that, which makes it even worse. Um, but so so um, great points, Trey, and 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 I've said this before, and I'll, I'll say it again. I think when, when you look at, at head coaching changes, um, I've always looked at it, even from a player's perspective, now in a media perspective, I got to look at two things. One of them was what Greg Olson said, and I think that's really true. If Sean McDermott's fired tomorrow, how many teams will line up at the doorstep to hire him? I think a lot. I think a lot will. And also, and also if you fire Sean McDermott, you better damn be sure – to hire someone that's better than him on the market. There's only Bill one. Belichick. There's only one. It's yeah. Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick ain't going to Buffalo, bro. There is Why wouldn't no he? way. There's no Why way in division. No, Why wouldn't he? No, he's not doing it. He's Why wouldn't doing he? It. He's got Why? a love affair with the Falcons. Why? He's got a love affair with the Falcons. It, then Bill is not as smart as we think. Could you imagine okay, I'll tell you if that the, right. I'll, I'll, if the hold on. Let's hold on. Time out. Time out. Let's have this discussion. He should, if there's a job opening, he should absolutely run to Buffalo. He should, he should be begging them because Desmond Ritter, Josh Allen. I mean, that's it. Yeah. Desmond Ritter or Josh Allen. Like, well, the Falcons and, oh, by the way, you don't think you don't think Bill you don't think Bill would love to shove it right where Robert Kraft sits in that luxury box? I'm in your division can, now, yeah. MFR. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't. He would love the owners, that. The pergolas like. Uh, Hiring him though, like, could you imagine the Why fan base with all, with all the stuff that he put them through? Like, I don't, so, I don't know if I don't. And know now, now he gets to do it to other people. Like, I've never understood that. Bill Belichick, Trey, you know, you yeah. know damn well it's not happening. Okay, you you know it's not happening. It's the greatest you know scenario it. ever, though. Let's let's just be honest. If Sean McDermott court, for whatever court, reason is no longer, yeah. look, it's the quarterback. Like, yeah. you have we have to have the quarterback. You have to yeah. have that guy. So anyway, that that's the other thing. Now, do we think that? Uh, touchback rule is going to get changed in the offseason. I, mean, I think it's a it rule, dude. I don't think it, I, I mean, think but I think, I think it's so, get so first of all, I think people, it's going to get changed. People are split on it. People either hate it or they're like that's the rule. I am 100% pure football and it is 100% the rule. Runners don't freaking reach the football over. It's a rule. When you break the rules, there's consequences. Every coach from high school, no, every coach in high school moving on has been a person that has said, and a coach that has said, please do not reach the football unless it's fourth down. Bad reach, good reach. I remember Andy Reid 
Andy Reid, he was the, it was the most coached in my career by Andy Reid. And the offensive coordinators that I've had over the years with the KC Chiefs, Doug Peterson, Matt Nagy, all them, it was like Eric Bieniemy legitimately saying, unless it's fourth down, you never reach for a ball. At least at least 10 to 15 times a year. Like, ever. I get it. Bad reach. I, I, you got to put I, it on the player. I, I get it. I, I get it. And I have no problem with the rule being called as it is. I just think they're going to change it. I think they're going to change it. Because basically, what what is every, you know, leap over the pile, put the ball over the thing. You can knock it out that way, you know? I mean, yeah. I, I, I just think it's going to get changed. I, think, I just think it's going to get changed. I just um, think if so you we, fumble the ball, if you fumble yeah. the ball, that's on you. And you should deserve the yeah. freaking consequences of it going yeah. out of the end zone. Yeah, I, listen, that's that's fair. I just think the yeah. competition committee is going to change it. That's, I'm just, that, just, that and the tush push are yeah, the two hottest things on the docket. They should never change the brotherly shove. That, there's nothing illegal about that. There's, I, that that's that's the might. dumbest thing in the world. Just because one, especially with Kelsey, maybe retiring, it's gonna it's not gonna be. Yeah. He was the catalyst for it. It's not gonna be unstoppable anymore. But by the way, by the way, just since you brought that up. Little love for Jason Kelsey today, right? Oh After the first God. Travis Kelsey touchdown, they go to see Taylor Swift. And this frickin' he's he's shirtless, but he's got a sweater on. You know what I mean? Bush With light. A bro- Let's go, just oh chugging it, living his best brother life. So he, yeah. that was one of the best parts of the whole damn thing. All right, so the the chief story is ridiculous. We'll see what happens in Buffalo because I, I I feel so bad for Buffalo fans because all they know is heartbreak. Like it's all they know. Four straight Super Bowls. All losses, each one almost worse than the other, uh, and then so close, so many times. Like I don't know how you, I don't know how you be a Buffalo fan. Well, well I will you're just say, setting Trey, yourself though, to get stabbed in the heart. I, I yeah, you are. <laughs> That's a good line. Um, but I do think too, the two of the last three years, like their losses in the division round, have been to the best quarterback of all time. So I think that. Well, last sort of year like was they Joe, can't get la- by Mahomes. Last year, last year was Joe Burrow. Last year was yeah. Joe Burrow. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm saying like divisional round, Mahomes. Two of the last yeah. three years have been the best player yeah, yeah. in the freaking world. So like, gotcha. Gotcha. You just don't have the best player in the world, and that's 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 sometimes a hard thing to admit. We just don't have that guy. So the, the chief story is remarkable on, a, on one set of circumstances. The Lions story is also unbelievably wow. remarkable. This it's is the coolest story first, in the NFL. It's the first time in the history of the franchise they've had multiple home playoff games. Yeah. And they're playing, you know, there's only four teams that have never made a Super Bowl appearance. Cleveland Browns, Jacksonville Jaguars, Houston Texans, and the Detroit Lions. And now the Detroit Lions are one win four. away. Only four. Dude, that's a good one- stat. I like those stats. You're welcome. Stat. Yeah, nice um, job. They're one win away. And, and you listen, two years ago, they were a joke. And, and they, you know, they, they had a three-win season, and they couldn't stop anybody on defense. Yeah. yeah, and Dan Campbell was, you know, going for it all the time. And, by the way, Dan Campbell punted and kicked a field goal in this game. So that's growth, you know, in, hey. in, certain, in certain situations. But it is an amazing story for a fan base that has been just devoid of anything for so long. And yeah. now taking care of Tampa Bay, uh, listen, I don't know what's going to happen in San Francisco, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But this Lions team, there's something about them, man. Laporta was not supposed to be able to play with that bone bruise. Not only did he play, he's played great two weeks in a row. Their defense came up with huge stops. Amon Ross St. Brown was absolutely a, a monster again when he had to have it. Um, the, it's hard not to – and, again, we're not rooting for anybody, right? We just want to see it all play out. It's hard not to root 
for the Detroit Lions, considering all the yeah. crap that they've had to go through and to see where they are now. It's a remarkable story. Well, it's such a cool story, and and honestly, like you said, all those names, the uh, offensive players, right? That's they've been really, really good on offense. Defense was really good to start the year. Struggled down the stretch. It's played okay the last two games. Depleted secondary. Uh, uh, Johnson being back in that secondary CJ is Gardner-Johnson, huge yeah. for the yeah. CJ Gardner Johnson is huge, but it all starts with one person. You said his name, Dan Campbell, bro. That is the only reason Man that Campbell. this franchise got out of misery. They're out of misery. And look, I played with them in 2009. Uh, he was a tight ends coach in 2017 uh, when I went back to the Saints. And so being in the locker room with him as a player and as a coach, <clears throat> you could just see like he was destined for really great things. And not necessarily every single head coach has to have this offensive prowess or this defensive prowess. You just got to have that grit. And that yeah. is the very best way I can describe Dan Campbell. And I'll give you three reasons why Dan Campbell has completely turned around the Detroit Lions franchise and completely changed the culture there, number one. Okay, he's empowering his players. He's empowering yeah. his players. That's the biggest thing you can do from a CEO-type level coach. If you empower your players and give them an opportunity to be great and trust them and keep them accountable to what you're asking, and at the end of the day, you're going to put the trust and the onus on the players, right? That's what it's yeah. about. When you have a coach that has played the game of football at a high level in which Dan Campbell has, and you have a coaching staff full of former players, you just get it. You have to trust the process. And that's exactly what they've been doing. Number two is accountability, player-led accountability. He holds his players accountable, but then those leaders on the team, Hutchinson, Goff, St. Brown, they hold the other players on the team accountable. And when your players are leading from the front of the pack, every single team I've ever been on that that happens, you become great because there's a sense of awareness like, hey, we're not doing it for the coaches. We're not doing it for the staff. We're doing it for people in the building. And another thing about the accountability factor, he's kept his coaches accountable. He's kept the yeah. front office accountable. He's kept the owners accountable for yeah, everything they absolutely. have done. And so that to me has brought out the best of them. And the third thing, it's simple football one-on-one. If you're a CEO type coach, hire some freaking good coordinators, Ben Johnson, Aaron yep. Glenn. I was there with yep. Ben Johnson in 2020. Well, his, his, staff, COVID his staff is littered. His staff is littered with former NFL players like uh, Mark Burnell. Like the littered. entire staff is basically former players. So I love that. Yes. And I was there in 2020 uh, for my one year in Detroit with Matthew Stafford, Ben Johnson was the tight ends coach. Okay, Ben Johnson, you could, I could tell. Everyone in the building could tell. He'd never called plays before. There was something special about. He had the it factor. It's hard to explain, but it just, it just felt like he really knew what was going on. When Dan Campbell got hired in 2021, he decided there was a ton of offensive coordinator openings that year, and or people that vying for offensive coordinators that had a much bigger resume than Ben Johnson yeah. that had. Uh, higher metrics on being an OC. He kept one of the few leftovers from 2020 when they fired everyone. He kept them, yeah. man. Give Dan Campbell his flowers. And then on Aaron Glenn on the other side, him in New Orleans, like it's just a match made in heaven. There's a chance that 
he could lose both of those guys. And yeah. so he's going to have to go through that process again. But it, it all begins and it ends with Dan Campbell for me. Absolutely. And uh, by the way, you know, Tim Hasselbeck was a teammate of Dan's when they were on the Giants for a while. Uh, and he said, man, the guy that was my teammate and the guy that is the coach now, that's, that's an evolution. That's an evolution because oh. that that guy totally. that guy was not uh, was not he was you, you didn't wild. see him as a player and thinking oh absolutely going to be a CEO head coach motivator guy like that was not it that was, was not wild. it Dan, Dan Campbell is living proof that people can change and move on to be the next thing right you know that and you know there's a story you don't want to tell me about oh Dan Campbell. my god dude there is yeah there's multiple he he's wild and crazy but yeah I, people people can change. What's the wild and craziest? What's the wild and craziest Dan Campbell story you feel like you can share? Um, I, I just remember in 2017. Okay, so when I can share when he was a tight end. 2009. Coach, oh, 2009. Well, the 2017 Dan Campbell when he was a coach. Yeah. He yeah. would. He was about the only guy I've ever seen stand up to Sean Payton. And like Sean was like Sean is like OG confident yeah. style like no. And there were certain ways. So when guys saw them locking them, they were like, oh, because oh. like you don't set, you don't stand up to the head coach and like you know, talk. And, yeah. But Sean let them sort of do it. And those back yeah. and forth, we're not going to get into the words that were said because you, we'd be bleeping everything out. I'm not going to do that right now. Um, we're, we're, we're cool. So there, there was a multiple interactions that year in 2017 between Sean and, and, uh, and Dan. Yeah, it's the, the the evolution of Dan Campbell from Man Campbell to Dan Campbell head coach has, has been quite fascinating. I do want to say, yeah, you, you have to give a lot of respect to the Bucks because I was one of those guys that said they're the worst team in football this year. They got no chance. They're terrible. Yeah. They're devoid of talent. They're bereft of talent. Todd Bowles did an amazing job. Baker Mayfield may have found a home. Uh, you know, he's he's, yeah, he's, he's an impending he free has agent. Found a home. Yeah, he but he's an impending free. He's 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 a free agent though. You know what yeah. I mean? So I think yeah. I think it's good for Baker to stay in Tampa because it just seems like it's a good fit. But they have a ton of free agents, including uh-huh. Mike Evans, who might be getting a call from somebody with the with name Beach, Brett. Beach, Brett, the general manager of Kansas City, might be having some interesting conversations with Mike Evans going forward. Hey, you want to play with Patrick Mahomes in his peak for the last couple of years of your career? Yes, please. Is that something I might be interested in? So you got, yes, I give please. I give Tampa all the credit in the world because look, and they weren't they were four and seven, and they turned it around, yeah. and they won they won yeah. this thing, and and even when they won the division, they had to beat the Panthers, arguably the worst team in football, or not even arguably, nine nothing to win the they, division. Yeah, they barely beat them. Then they won a playoff game, and they were in this game all the way to the end. So I I I, I real tip of the cap for me to the job Todd Bowles and Baker Mayfield did in, in Tampa. Because I will be honest, I didn't see anything remotely close to this out of the Bucks this season. No, and the fact is they, they, they fought, man. They were down 14, and that drive to, to score the touchdown uh, with like four or five minutes left uh, and yeah. scored a touchdown, that throw to Mike Evans was wild. Insane. Insane. Got, yeah. them, got it down to seven. They got the ball back, and I'm like, with a minute 20 left or whatever it was, I was like, are they really about to go? And on this 90-yard drive, and then the second play was an interception. Um, but, but you got to – like, I'm – as a quarterback, as a fellow quarterback, like, I'm proud for Baker because rarely do, do, do first-rounders get four, four chances. Right. And this was his fourth chance. And the number four is also $4 million, how much he's making this year, which is a complete bargain. 
he might add a zero to the end of that um, come March. And rightfully so. He played the best year of his career. And it all comes down to a couple things for Baker for me. It is the confidence and belief that he's had in himself since his early days in Texas high school football. He found that again. And he yeah. found that again with Sean McVay for those five games. Okay. Yeah. And he carried it over with Dave Canales, who does not get enough credit, in my opinion, for what he did with Geno Smith uh, last year, what he's done the with Baker Mayfield. Tampa, for those that don't yes. know. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, the, the OC. Um, and what he's done with Baker this year has been incredible. He got him back under center. He got him back in rhythm. He got him back to throwing the ball down the field. Trey, did you know uh, that he let, he was top five in the NFL in explosive pass plays with over 60 20-plus yeah. yard completions down the field? Over 60. Now, a lot of those were Mike Evans, and he's really, really good. Um, good. But – like, he doesn't deserve enough credit, Dave Canales, and I think that's the biggest thing with Baker is he got a swagger back, man. Yeah, he's, he's being Baker Mayfield again. Like, he's the only – I mean, you have to have, you have, to have a Dangerous. chip on your shoulder if you're the only walk-on to ever win a Heisman. You know what I mean? Like, like you have to – You're you just have to, full of stats tonight. I love it. You know, I love well, stats. Well, he had to – he said something once. He's like, you know what? You fight your entire life because don't believe in it, and then you're a first-round pick and you realize – I need to find something else to fight for and get me motivated again. And obviously Jared Goff the same way with the way the Rams moved on from him. Um, so before we look at the preview of the, of the championship games, I do want to get – I know there's one team you also want to talk about and there's another team I want to talk about. Uh, yeah. I'll go first. Uh, I want to talk about the Packers. I think the few as, – as good as the Lions look, and they're set up to have success in that division for a while, look out for Green Bay. Jordan Love played – he had one bad throw. It was that interception that ended the game. He played tremendous in the postseason. The Packers had six rookies catch a touchdown pass this season in the NFL. That is the most ever in NFL history. And they have the youngest roster in the NFL. Yeah. Ryan Gutenkust, who obviously was not Aaron Rodgers' choice to be the GM in Green Bay, apparently knows what the hell he's doing. Okay, <laughs> So, so it, 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 it was an experimental year. And from week 12 through the NFC Championship game, you can make an argument that no quarterback in the NFL was better than Jordan Love. Go look at the numbers. They have been absolutely remarkable. So it's bittersweet because you, you, you always think if we don't get it now, we may never get it. But I think the future is really bright in Green Bay. And I think they may be the first team, Chase, first team that I can think of in forever to get it right on three different quarterbacks. Brett Favre yeah. to freaking Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. Now it's three early. In a row. But yeah, like you can go from – uh, uh, you know, uh, Steve, uh, Joe Montana to Steve Young and Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. But every once in a while, you know, you get a, uh, you, you get a, you get a guy in there for the third that uh, isn't really that really good. So yeah. for me, seeing them, they might be the first team I can think of to go and get it right and get a third franchise quarterback in a row. That yeah. is as rare as rare can be. So I know yeah. we'll, I just, I just want to send some love the Green Bay Packers way, yeah. not wordplay. But I, th I think they're, they're in good shape, and Aaron Jones is a killer. I, I think they're in good shape going forward. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. Jordan Love, I mean, down the stretch, has played incredible. The, the team I want to give love to is the Houston Texans, man. Whoever yeah. thought that the Houston Texans yeah. would be where they are. Um, uh, they, they, it was 10-10 at halftime with Baltimore Ravens, which arguably is the best team in the NFL. And yeah. they fought their asses off week in, week out. Look, this was a franchise, Trey, that had 10 wins in the prior three years. 
to this year, they had 11. Like, are you kidding me? Division champs. It starts and ends with two people. Okay, the first one is D'Amico Ryans. What D'Amico's done? Another former player. I wonder about these former players. I wonder if I can get a job. Because all these former players seem to know what the hell they are doing when it comes to coaching. But no, D'Amico Ryans, be, be careful. that defense you, you, you might not want around. what you get there. Yeah, yeah, Be true. careful. That's that's the coaching life is, whoo. you yeah, got to be committed, my wife, man. My wife would not be, not be happy. Um, so D'Amico Ryans, what he's done with that defense, what he's done with the culture of the organization, he just looks fun to play for. He just looks like he's like one of those guys that is just such a good motivator that loves on his guys, but is also like a true players coach. What's a players coach? Players coach just understands being a player. You can be a players coach when you've played the game. Okay. And the, and the next one to me, I mean, it's easy, right? CJ Stroud. So you got D'Amico Ryans, you got CJ Stroud, two guys that have completely changed the face of this franchise for the next decade. CJ Stroud. I, I don't care what anyone says, no one in their right mind knew what they were getting in Houston when he was drafted number two overall. No one thought he yeah. would be this way, or he would have been the number one pick. He had been By in Carolina, mile. all this stuff. His film was good to great. It wasn't like amazingly great, oh my gosh, in college at Ohio State, because first of all, he had so much time to throw. But then when you look at what he's done this year and how fast he's picked up the game, how quickly he's making decisions. The release um, on his throws is probably one of the faster release points I have seen. The dude has a cannon, can throw it all over parts of the field. And by the way, dude, he went into the year with Tank Dell, Nico Collins, and and Robert Woods as his three top receivers. No one in his right mind thought they – and then Tank Dell obviously got hurt. I hope he comes back because he's a baller. But Nico Collins, career – year he makes everyone cj Stroud makes everyone around him better just want to throw some love his way because you know for me i break him down every single week because i watch every single play of every single week of cj Stroud because i'm like i'm just like amazed at the things that he's doing and when you know you got other quarterbacks that know the game and i've heard multiple hall of fame quarterbacks talk about him and how he's played like when you got people like that talking about you you know you're doing something right Look, I, I think we can sum up this portion of the show this way. Nobody knows anything because no one expected the Packers so to do this true. with Jordan Love. No one expected the Bucks to do what they did. And no one certainly expected uh, the Texans to do what they did. So we can sum it up this way. Nobody knows anything. There are no guarantees in football except that Patrick Mahomes will play in the AFC Championship game. That's, that's the only thing we know. That's, that's the only thing we know. Everything it's else true. is up for grabs. All right, so let's break down those those two title games. You want to do AFC or yeah. NFC first? What do you want to, do you uh, want to start? Let's go, let's, go, let's go AFC because we were just on Chiefs. I'm, I'm fresh All on right. that. All right, let, let's go AFC. I believe the Chiefs can win, but it's going to be a much different game. We, we, you talked about you talked about the uh, the linebackers and all the Bills linebackers were basically injured and they were exploited in the middle of the field. That ain't going to be the situation with those guys in uh, in. It was the best two in football. Okay? Yeah, the number they're the number one scoring defense. They're the number one scoring defense, and you know the stat is okay. Is it yards? Technically, it's yards per game. They're the number one scoring defense for a reason. Points. They they can attack you at multiple levels. I, I think Mahomes is going to have to have the best game of. of Every any game he's played this year, for the Chiefs to compete in this game, um, because yeah. that defense that defense in Baltimore is legitimate. Look, the offense is still you know it was ten ten at the half. I think I think the the Ravens had twenty two passing yards or twenty three passing yards uh, yeah. as a team in that game because of some big sacks. But uh, you know Lamar had I think fifty yards passing in the first half. 
that offense can still be a little ragged. And I think it's going to be an uglier game than people think. I don't think it's going to be a game up and down the field. I, I think it's going to be a really low-scoring affair. Yeah, I would agree. I think the first person to 20 wins the game. I, I truly do. And, and for me, uh, you know, usually I'm, I'm an offensive guy. I don't like to start on, on defense because I hate defensive guys. I hate them. I hate them. But it is – I mean, dude, you're, you're looking like – I went back and looked at all the stats on NFL, NFL Network. I had a bunch of research to look at them. And I hate to say it, but this 2023 Ravens defense, I mean, dude, they're – first of all, they're, they're really 16, good. 16 points a game. You put them in the same category as the 2000 Ravens, not just defensively but offensively as well. Everything that they're doing right now, I mean, that is the type of level of defense – that they are playing. Um, and uh, it's just, how do you know that a defense is good when you're watching it on film? Everything is freaking covered. They don't pressure. They have like the fifth lowest blitz percentage in the NFL. They play a bunch of two high coverages. They blitz some on third down. But when you're getting pressure, they're the third highest pressure percentage rate in the NFL on the defensive line. We're rushing four or less. They don't need to bring five or six guys, Trey, to be uh, to get pressure on you. So when they're getting pressure by four, they're still in coverage, and they play this too high look on first and second down, and they match the slot defenders. And these linebackers, Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith, are some of the stickiest linebackers I have ever seen on an NFL field in tandem together. Um, and so I think the biggest thing from that standpoint defensively is that it is going to be low scoring, but Patrick Mahomes and company, Isaiah Pacheco, like you're going to have to be able to run the football and run the football well. And I'm telling you, you're not going to get a bunch of these chunk plays on this right. run. You're not going to they average. They had a ton of chunk plays against Buffalo. Yes, and you're not going to run for 6.1 yards a carry, which the Chiefs did tonight against Buffalo. You're going to probably average three yards a carry, 3.1 yards a carry. You cannot get away from that. And you cannot be in third and long situations. If you are in third and long situations, good luck. I would almost just punt it on third down. They are that good on third down. And when you go to the other side of the football, okay, when you go to the other side of the football, the biggest thing for me and the Chiefs defense, which has sort of been their kryptonite, okay, Buffalo ran for 182 yards against them. Buffalo is a good running defense or running offense. Um, since the time the Joe Brady took over. The Ravens are the offense. The Ravens are the number one rushing offense. Yeah. And I can just imagine a scenario. I'm not saying this could happen. A scenario where, you know what, Harbaugh just says, you know what, let's just run the ball 45 times yeah. and play keep away from Patrick Mahomes, which credit Buffalo Bills did. Like they had 68 plays. The Chiefs barely had 45, 44, 42 plays tonight. Sort of followed that. The Chiefs still scored 27, should have been 34, uh, other than the Miko Hardman interception uh, or, or fumble. So I think the biggest thing is um, you got to play keep away from Mahomes. Yeah. And you have to – look, it's easy oh, – Chase, no kidding. This is what you're going to say. You have to score in a game like this. You have to score touchdowns in the red zone. That's yeah. going to be the biggest key. You might go on a little march – but imagine going on a march, and I've been on these marches before as a starting quarterback uh, in college and in the NFL. You go on a 10-play, 80-yard march, and you crap out at the five-yard line, well, you're kicking a field goal. And it's just like defeating when you get three points and not seven. So that's the biggest thing for me is you got to 
you got to collect a lot of freaking drives that churn the clock, and you got to score touchdowns in this game. Yeah, and oh, by the way, the other kicker uh, in the AFC Champs game is Justin Tucker. He ain't missing a 44-yarder to send the game to overtime. That's yeah. just not happening. Okay. Facts. By the way, the early line on that game is the Ravens are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, the NFC title game, which will be the, the late game, they switch every year, although I'm sure for TV ratings they'd love to have the, the Chiefs and the, uh, and the Ravens be the late game. I know. Uh, it's the Niners uh, when, minus when that was, seven. I didn't know they switched every year. year. I, was, I was like, every what year. are they doing? Yeah. I was like, yeah, they, switch, they switch it up every year. That's What's a big spread? spread. Seven. The Niners are seven-point favorites. I'm kind of surprised by that. Uh, you know why, though? Why? 65 and sunny on game day, and Brock Purdy's really good in the freaking yeah. normal weather. He's awful in the rain. That's Dude, why. he went to Iowa State. How does he not play in bad How does he not know how to play in bad Small weather? Small hands, bro. Right? Small hands. Oh. Yeah, look at the Browns well, game. Let's see. It is a game. thing. Come on. Yeah. It is. 100% a thing. Um, okay. So, uh, listen. San Francisco should be favored, but Brock Purdy in that game on Saturday, it was the classic example of, wow, he didn't play well at all until he absolutely had to. And then that final drive, he yeah. played great. I don't know if he can get away with that against Detroit because I think Detroit is going to find ways to score some points on San Francisco. I mean, like, you saw, you saw the Packers really gash them on the ground. Well, yeah. guess what the Lions can do with Gibbs and Montgomery? They can run it. Uh, and if, if the Niners don't, don't tighten up that, that run defense, I, yep. you know what? Well, Aaron Jones and the Packers. Not, it, would not, it would not surprise me. To see yeah. the Lions walk out of there with a win. I, I, think, I think this game comes down to a couple things for me. Um, number one, um, do I have concerns over Brock Purdy? In the rain, absolutely. I think it was 100%. His performance was 100% rain uh, and 100% rust. That's 200%. 50% rust, 50% rain. And so when you have those things working, like he'd been off trade for 21 days. Of course you're going to be rusty. It's going to happen. He's got another game in him. Uh, he's going to start playing better, I think. And honestly, like the supporting cast around Purdy has been insane all year long. Brandon Ayuk, uh, George Kittle, CMC, but Debo Samuel well, that's the possibly that's a being out card. is yeah. a huge wild card in this game. And the numbers back it up. Okay, I don't have them on me, but Brock Purdy in that offense is a completely different animal when Debo Samuel is on the field. So that's going to be a huge factor, and it should be a huge storyline all week long with Debo's shoulder. Is it a hairline fracture? Is it not? He missed a, a three or four games with it early on this season. And I think the biggest thing, uh, other than the Brock Purdy situation, is he going to play? How is he going to play? Or sorry, is he going to play well? He's going to play. Um, is man Jared Goff in his career just on the road and this Detroit Lions offense and defense and team traveling on the road? Trey, they just haven't been that good. That yeah. that's the biggest thing. Why I go think look, this. Go look at go look at the game yeah. they played in Baltimore. Remember that know, they got they got their butts handed and to so them in Baltimore. The biggest thing I think for Ben Johnson and Dan Campbell uh, moving forward, what they need to do is they have to pound the football early and often. They got to get they got to get Jared Goff in uh, a nice rhythm. Um, and look, you saw what Aaron Jones and the Green Bay Packers did to the um, 49ers defense on the first drive of the game on multiple occasions they ran for a ton of yards against them so yeah. that is probably what they're going to see on tape but i just come back to san fran playing at home and four out of five years they've reached the nfc championship game like flowers to freaking shanahan and lynch and they've done it with other quarterback different it's just it's a crazy 
crazy thing. Like, I wouldn't be surprised, in my opinion, if San Fran walks away with this game. Walks away with it. Okay, that's interesting yeah. because if they're, they're going to do that, they, they, have to, they have to build they the lead early because – they, they well, Debo. By the way, Courtney has told people in the organization that he's okay. But you know, we'll see how you say that now, and we'll see how it yeah. plays out, and, and whether he takes one big hit in the game and suddenly he's not okay anymore. Um, but no, it's going to be interesting. Uh, the only my only concern for San Francisco is is can Detroit run the ball? If Detroit can run the ball, uh, then they'll stay in this game. Because remember, that was the only the second time in Kyle Shanahan's career they came from behind in the fourth quarter. When they were down by three or more points, they'd been one and thirty-two. When they entered the fourth quarter, down by three, they were zero and thirty-eight. Zero and thirty. Uh, when they were down by eight, they they weren't they weren't down by eight. They were zero and thirty when they were down by five. So I mean, like this is not a, San Francisco is not a team that is built to come back. So the fact that they did that was somewhat remarkable against the Packers. And if the Lions can get that running game going, they may be able to put San Francisco behind the eight ball. Well, your, your tweet again. the other night was awesome about them. You yeah. said their front runners not come from behind runners. And that's yeah. so true. It is. I mean, it's, they, it's the facts. They, they play the bully the ball. Is, yeah. They play bully ball. Like, that's what they want to do. You got to get out to a lead in front. And if they do, then, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it, it does feel, though, Trey, it does feel like this Detroit team, sort of a team of destiny, man and just what they've put on and what they're doing. It's going to be their kind toughest like, test all year long. I don't know. Kind of like kind of like the Broncos in Super Bowl 50 with Peyton Manning playing dead in the Western, a quarterback, and somehow they took on the number one scoring offense in, in Carolina Panthers <laughs> and held them to 10 points, 24-10. Yep. A little, little magic for Detroit. So anyway, that'll be it. So listen, this was the best weekend, and I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll end the show on here because I know people get jazzed for the Super Bowl. Championship Sunday is 100 times better. It's a hundred oh, times so better. better. It's the single greatest day because you have four teams, two games, and one dream. Nothing beats championship. Ta-da, ta-da. Boom. On that note, get out of here. We'll talk to you next week.